Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Happy Palm Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. And on today's broadcast, we have a testimony by Mike Kramer, who is from North Dakota and came and shared about a month or so ago at our Hunt to Harvest Banquet. We pray that today's broadcast will be a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We are so glad you're here today. And man, we have a great um, guest. We're excited about the conversation that um, you're going to hear today. Um, I'm Margaret Michael, and this is Grayson Willis. Um, He's over here today making sure that we sound good, and, and he's bringing some good input into this conversation. And today we are joined by Michael Kramer from North Dakota. Welcome, uh, Michael. Hey, Pastor Margaret. Thanks for uh, allowing me to be part of this today. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you today. And we recently got to meet you, but uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, uh, what that experience was a few weeks ago. But before we go there, I would love to just hear a little bit about your story, um, where you're from, um, how you grew up, and we'll start yeah. here. Yeah, you bet. So uh, you introduced me as uh, Michael Kramer from North Dakota, and that that uh, is crazy as it sounds. I'm sitting here by my uh, front window right here in Bismarck, North Dakota, looking out at about four feet of snow in my <laughs> front yard right now. I've uh, basically been raised in North Dakota, right here where I'm at. Um, my uh, parents are from North Dakota. They were farmers and God radically changed their lives. And long story short, my dad ended up getting out of the farming world and went off to Bible college and became a pastor. And so I grew up uh, right here in North Dakota and uh, my dad was a pastor and grew up in a solid Christian home and uh, felt a call into ministry from the time I was young. Didn't exactly know exactly what that was going to look like. And What's interesting, I'm in my 40s now, and I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a outdoor enthusiast. I love being outside. I love uh, taking people on wild adventures, and I uh, love connecting people with Jesus Christ. So that's a little bit about who I am. Yeah. Well, uh, Mike, uh, for somebody who's lived, well, except for two years when I lived in Colorado, for somebody who's mostly lived on the East Coast my whole life, what was it like growing up in North Dakota? Uh, I know a little bit about growing up as a pastor's son, but what was it like growing up in North Dakota um, in the home of a pastor's family? Yeah, so I guess when you're growing up in it, you don't realize sometimes the benefits of what you're growing up in until you kind of get into other places and see different parts of the country and you know, the joke about North Dakota is you don't know anybody that's vacationed in North Dakota. Uh, you don't know too many people from North Dakota. So is there really a North Dakota? Well, growing up in North Dakota, I can remember as a kid, 
probably eighth grade sitting in class and we were doing some North Dakota history. And as funny as it sounds, probably shows us a little bit of an odd kid. I can remember as an eighth grader just being like overwhelmed with this gratitude of I got to grow up in this part of the country. Uh, there's a lot of outdoor opportunities, a lot of fishing, a lot of hunting, um, a lot of hiking, a lot of farmland, and uh, just just good people. And so uh, growing up in that environment, uh, I feel super blessed that I had the opportunity to grow up there. And, and growing up in the pastor's home, as crazy as it sounds, like I didn't know that it was any different in anybody else's homes. I feel like my parents did a great job of just being normal, real people and never putting crazy expectations on the seven kids that they had growing up in their household. And so I think growing up in a pastor's home, I didn't realize how good I had it until as I got older, I started speaking at events of like uh, pastor's kids retreats, you know, and, and you heard some of the difficult stories that some pastor's kids have gone through. I feel super grateful in the home that I was brought up in because of how my parents raised us. So growing up in that atmosphere and, and, You've already shared that you began speaking into other um, pastors' kids' lives. Um, when you knew you had that calling, what was that like for you? <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> I was pretty, um, I don't know, insecure when it came to like speaking in front of groups of people. Um, I wasn't uh, trying to gather the attention of people kind of guy. Um, I would just soon sit in a tree stand all by myself. Um, and so I'd see my dad, who was a, a great preacher, a fiery preacher, a great leader. And I would look at him and I'd think, I'm not like that. Um, he's got gifts that I just don't have. And so obviously God's calling me into something different. And so there's a lot of insecurities that kind of crept in and fears. And, and then when you get into middle school and high school, you got these, you know, you're trying to fit in. And, you know, it's not super popular at school to tell people, like, as they're wanting to become doctors and you know, um, engineers, and then you know that God's calling you into ministry. And so there's just all those kind of things that, that you wrestled with. And it wasn't until I surrendered a lot of things to God to where I just said, God, you've given me the gifts that you want me to have, and I'm going to go do whatever you want me to do. Um, and so it was a pretty long process to get to that point. Yeah, That looks a lot like surrender. So just talk about that process of even though you felt the call, it doesn't sound like it was very easy. You said uh, it was kind of, I think, daunting might have been the word that you um, used, but just kind of working that out and uh, where that led you after high school. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I just want to give a plug for men in the church who take younger men under their wings and just disciple and pour into them. Um, I had guys in my church that would take me hunting and fishing. And when you go out and do that with guys, you have meaningful conversations more than just how's the weather and talking football. But guys that would just speak truth into my life and would encourage me on some things and even recognize that um, God has a calling on my life and would get me to talk about it. And so it was through men who took their faith serious that really helped me kind of work through that. And then I can remember being at a specific church service where uh, the pastor was preaching on things like sanctification and, you know, things that I knew in my head, but never let it kind of seep south of the neck and into my heart. And I can remember as a, as a high school kid, just going down and surrendering all of that 
And then just feeling that peace that, again, although I don't know what it's going to look like, because I still measured up all those gifts against my dad, surrendering it, knowing that God was going to take care of all those details. And it was going to be it was going to be whatever it looked like. It was going to be really good because it was God's plan. That's right. That's right. So I'm sure that you surrendered and everything has went just perfect ever since. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Isn't that interesting that, you know, I I think about Paul and his journeys on how sometimes he went to a place and it wasn't the right place and then would go somewhere else and he'd get shipwrecked. And, you know, it wasn't like God had it all mapped out for him. And I think sometimes as followers of Christ, we would just wish that God would map it out for us, but he doesn't. And as you go through that journey and you come up against obstacles and challenges, you just realize that it's about this faith and trust in God, regardless of what outcomes are. And so, yeah, it's, it's taken me on all sorts of journeys. And I've pastored at great churches, churches that I still love and had some challenges in churches that I just soon forget. But in the process, I feel like the older I get, the more I realize that God's never like measuring results or like what I think we in the world view as accomplishments. He's trying to produce something really good inside of us. That's right. And so on this journey, as we're taking step by step, trying to follow the spirit, each and every day we have opportunities to allow him to produce something really good in us, regardless of what some of the results are around us, if that makes any sense. For sure. And, you know, I was just talking this morning with a precious couple that have a call to ministry, and, man, they're going through some really tough stuff right now. And, you know, I just said to them, you know, if we accepted Christ and we answer that call to ministry and everything went good from there, we would be useless in the kingdom of God uh, because we would have no compassion for those that are hurting, unfortunately. Unless we've been through something, you know, it helps us to identify um, with those that, and we all are going through something, whether we admit it or not. Um, Yeah, and we're we're these crazy human beings that got placed on this planet, and we sometimes view ministers as, I don't know, outside of what goes on in real life. And then when we discover that, that people in ministry have real things going on in their life, and whether it's health or financial or relational or people all in need to be connected to the vine, right. you know, all of us. Yes. And apart from him, we can do nothing. And I think sometimes we get this mindset of, well, God's called me into ministry. And so I have to muster up enough talent and put this front on. And I think what God calls us to is to be so connected and intertwined with him that, you know, he becomes our life flow and he becomes our source. And, and maybe sometimes, be in places in our life where we have to be so dependent on him, you know, and, and I think in ministry, I think sometimes we get kind of confused in this idea of, well, we're not like everybody else, (laughs) but the reality (laughs) is we are, we're people. We're human. Yeah. Messy humans. Yep. That's right. Well, uh, as you're talking, I was thinking pastors are people and we're all people. And uh, that's a great reminder um, anything you want to share about your uh, ministry journey, uh, your family, just anything that has happened that has had a huge impact um, on your life, um, spiritual life? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I've uh, from the time I graduated from college, uh, I've been in the church world uh, in some kind of ministry, whether it's youth ministry, pastoring. Um, I've pastored small churches, larger churches. I've planted churches. And then God uh, 
through his sense of humor, apparently put me as a district superintendent for a while. And in all that process, what I've discovered is, you know, you, you try as a minister to pour into people and, you know, <laughs> reach people and reach your community and serve your church. And, and all the while you got this group of people that are living right in your household that you care deeply about. And, you know, you, you love them dearly and, and God has called you to, you know, be a father, be a mother, be a husband. Um, and I think sometimes in my ministry experience, I got some of my priorities out of whack where, you know, sometimes the church became priority over family or, you know, I got distracted from some things that were really important. And, and I think God in these last many years has just kind of taken me on a journey. And as I get older, just trying to figure out what really is important with this remaining time I have on this planet, whatever that looks like. And, uh, I've come to this conclusion. I want to, I want to love God with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to love them with everything. I want to figure out what that means in my life. And then I want to love people with everything. And, you know, and that starts with my own home. You know, I love my kids and I want to do everything I can to make sure my kids make it to heaven and are followers of Christ and love his church. And, you know, and my wife, you know, I want to serve and, and love my wife. And yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling like through this journey God has taken me on, it's this maturing process, right? You know, I can remember starting in the ministry thinking I want to grow this massive church and it consumed me and I figured out how to grow churches and um, it consumed me. And then as I get older, I just, I want to learn what it really means to love God and love people and do it well. And that's tricky because people are messy. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, that is, you know, we're on this journey and we don't arrive in learning or arrive in this is what I'm doing until I die. This is, you know, there are seasons that we find ourselves in different places. And the beautiful thing that I find, though, as God grows us on this journey, he doesn't grow us in different, like, in different ways. What I mean by that is you're called to his people. You've been called to pastor churches and to pastor, be over a, a group of churches and but it's always pastoring to the hearts of people. It's always about being present. um, And you're learning that more and more. It sounds like, you know, this, what we call around here, presence evangelism or, you know, being present because we can't be present where we're not. And certainly if we don't take care of our family, should we leave the house um, to go minister? Mm -hmm. And there are times, yes, the ministry calls us to leave but we know what we're talking about, the priorities right. of, I always say our first mission field is our home. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's beautiful to hear you kind of verbalizing well, that. And, you know, God has continued to build your heart towards um, loving him and loving people. Right. Um, there's not been another route for you, it doesn't sound like. Um, there's difficulty because people are messy. We, you know, there hasn't been one family since Adam and Eve that hasn't been dysfunctional. So. <laughs> Right. 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 And, and ours included. So it is yeah. it is a journey. And Pastor Mario, I, I think it's a shame that we try so hard to make it look like we have everything together. I mean, we go at great lengths to make it look like we have it all together. Now with social media today and, you know, we throw out this image of us. It's just if we all got down to it, we all know it's not true. We're all a little bit messy. We all got stuff going on in our lives. And I just think we could do so much good for each other if we would just tear down those walls and just be real. And 
you know, you talked about being present as a pastor. I was always looking for the next person. You know, I, I, my church wasn't quite big enough and, you know, I'd set goals and we'd exceed those goals, but it was never enough. And I just think if, if I'd go back all over again, just every person that I would come in contact with, I'd be so grateful for and love them and get to know them and pour into them and, you know, and just embrace that and, and uh, probably be a little bit more real and vulnerable to people. Because I think when we're able to do that, you build really solid relationships, what I just feel like we're missing today. Um, Especially in guys. I feel like guys are horrible at relationships. We talk about football and hunting and grunt at each other and, but we never get into like real meaningful conversations and relationships with each other. And yeah. Isolation is a real thing and we can get out and have the surface conversations and. Yeah. But I think the opportunities that we have now are so great because of that. I feel like we're at a place right now where people are looking for more. Uh, People are looking for authenticity and, you know, real relationships and real conversations. And so the opportunities we have in the church are so great. They really are. Because people are looking for something more than what the world has showed them. And they've gone after it and they realize it leaves them empty. And so what great opportunities we have right now as followers of Christ to show the world that there's a better way. Well, and I think just a good example of that, a few weeks ago, we had a Hunt to Harvest banquet here. Um, We've had events like that over the years, and Chad and Micah Branson uh, met you and just fell in love with how you love Jesus and invited you here as a part of the Hunt to Harvest weekend, um, the banquet, and then an event on Saturday for men, and then you spoke on Sunday, and, you know, we were intentional about trying to invite people in that maybe aren't normally in the setting, uh, a church setting. Maybe they don't have a church home. Maybe since it's been a while since they've been in church. Um, But just an opportunity for people to enter the doors and to put them at ease and um, serve some good food and have a lot of big animal heads around the church and a bear in the foyer and all kinds of stuff. And then hear men and women that love Jesus um, on the platform, not only talking about hunting, but about God's creation. And just how God brings us into that creation, all different reasons that people in that room that night, that they go outdoors, hunting, fishing, whatever it might be. For me, you know, I'm happy on a kayak with a fishing pole catching bluegills. Like, I'm just... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, so we all have things that take us into the outdoors, different different interests. But um, I've just been so impressed about how God has those things that pull at our own heartstrings and that feed our soul in the outdoors. Yeah. So that night you came and, and you spoke. And what was so amazing was how engaged every person in that room was. Like there was just like people were hungry. Like yeah. they leaned in that night and they leaned in to listen. They leaned into conversations around the tables. Yeah. This is what you love to do, right? Like this is your, yeah. your sweet spot. So talk to us yeah. a little bit about um, maybe how that came to be your sweet spot. Anything yeah. you want to share about that weekend? Yeah. So one is um, Chad and Micah Branson. I knew a little bit through a group called Buck Ventures and the Woodsmen, and uh, I didn't know them really well. What's funny is I didn't even know what church they were a part of or denomination they were a part of. <laughs> and 
you know, I stepped out of become a, being a district superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene, and I just threw it out there. Like, if anybody's looking for a guest speaker on a weekend, give me a call. Well, they're the first ones to call, and then I just thought it was funny that here it was in the Church of the Nazarene, you know. Um, but what I love about Ted and Micah is, you know, they're not pastors. Right. They're just crazy about Jesus Christ, and they're crazy about people, and they love the outdoors, and God used them in such a powerful way. And I feel like the whole weekend— was meeting real people who just love Christ and they love people and they want to serve people. And so the weekend was powerful just to get a group of men and women who love the outdoors. And I think that's become my sweet spot of why I enjoy that group is because there's just a lot of like, I don't know, things in this world right now that are that are tugging at us right now and culture is changing so quickly. And I just think it's good for people just to get outside and look around what God has created us and know that we can not just enjoy the creation, we can like intimately get to know the one who made it, created it, which is pretty powerful. And so I feel like when you get in front of a group of people like this at an outdoors banquet, many times I think what they expect is a an expert hunter, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, who comes and gives them hunting advice or outdoor fishing advice, whatever. And you can get that on YouTube. I think why it went so well is you just got a group of people up on the stage that genuinely loved Christ and genuinely cared about what took place in that room, cared about everybody that walked through those doors. And of course, God showed up and there's things that we can do. There's a ton of planning that Chad and Micah and you guys, you put into that a ton of planning, a ton of setup. But yet we know this. There's some things only God can do. And God showed up in a powerful way and tugged at people's hearts and People gave their lives to Christ. But I think it all starts when just a group of people come together and say, God, we're surrendering to you. We're going to do what we can do. But we know this. There's some things that only only you can do. And I just, I love those environments. I love environments where there's people who don't know Christ. And I love sharing with them the good news of Jesus Christ and not be wishy-washy about it, but just share, listen, Christ has changed my life. And in the end, you know, it's not going to matter how many outdoor adventures I've gone on or, you know, trophies I've put on my wall. None of that's going to matter. What's going to matter is, do I know Jesus Christ? And that's, I really enjoy sharing that with people. And you have a great way of sharing a story. It amazes me to hear you say that it intimidated you to speak and to be in front of people because, but isn't that interesting what God gives us when we may not, what he doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And that's evident in your life as he just has given you favor to share the gospel in a beautiful, non-threatening way with some humor. You're a great storyteller, and and God gives us those gifts. It's not us, but it's God who who gives those gifts and graces um, to share his good news. And, And I think, you know, that's where we operate best is when we have to totally rely on him. You know, I mean, all the way through my, I remember my first church I went to, as a youth pastor, the pastor made me speak on Sunday nights because I was scared to death to speak in front of people. So once a month on Sunday nights, he would make me preach in front of people. And I could hardly sleep the night before knowing that I had to give a speech, Mm. (laughs) you know, in front of 30 people. And it was just terrifying for me. And there was another moment of surrender saying, God, listen, I can't do this on my own. And so I need you to do something in me that I can't produce on my own. And I need you to do this through me. And what's funny is, I wouldn't say funny, but what's amazing is like, I feel that every time I get up in front of people, like, God, this is all you, you know, I need you to come through on this. And he's always 
faithful, which is incredible. Like he's always faithful. And, and so I think even for us who we have these insecurities of I'm not good enough, or I don't measure up, or I don't have this quality or this gift. I mean, that's when God shows up and does his best work, right. you know, in our weaknesses. He's always strong. Pastor Mike, as you were talking, our church is currently in the midst of 40 days of prayer um, during mm. this Lent season. And so you talk about God showing up and um, we don't feel adequate or we don't feel like we have the talents or abilities, but he shows up and that's what really matters, whether it's witnessing to people who don't know him or sharing the gospel. Just talk about the power of prayer in that whole situation of ministering to others. Yeah, it's a great thing to bring up because I feel like with all the busyness in the church and all the programs and all the things that we're trying to do to catch the attention of our current culture, we've neglected some of the most important things that God has given us. And one of them is prayer. You know, it's almost like we have to be apologetic about prayer time or tiptoe around it. But yet, according to scripture, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You know, you read through history and great revivals took place because men and women just decided that they were going to take prayer serious. And I don't know how it all works, but God's word tells us to do it. And then he shows up. And so I think that's something that we need to start really in today's current culture and the church world situation. I think um, we need to get less concerned about (laughs) the bells and the whistles and all the things that we do to try to catch people's attention. I feel like we've tried to replace what only God could do with some gimmicky things. Mm. And listen, I've fallen into it. Like there's times in my church where I'd try all sorts of things to get people's attention. And if we got desperate enough, we would pray. But yet I feel like now's the time where the church just needs to like take prayer uh, serious. And what I find interesting is when you read the end of John, we get a glimpse of Jesus's prayer, the father, and it's just this intimate conversation that he's having with the heavenly father. And then he prays for all of us, like for all of us. And his prayer for us is that we would be united. He says, father, may they be one as you and I are one. And I feel like we're living in this crazy divided world right now. And if the church could pray for unity and then start doing those steps to become united, I feel like that's going to be a major solution to this messy, divided world right now. And so I applaud your church for doing it. I would encourage those who are listening, who you know, know it's a, a church campaign and they've heard thousands of church campaigns, but just start taking this one serious. It'll change your home. It'll change your personal life. It'll change everything. Uh, it'll change the church if we really get serious about prayer, for sure. You know, revival starts with us in our own hearts, a personal revival. Yeah. Prayer starts with us making sure that whatever the Lord is saying to us, that we're doing those things. Yeah. And yeah well, one of the great things about prayer is it lines our heart up with God's heart. Right. Yeah. That's exactly you know? right. And, yeah. And we all have motives and ideas, and we have you know, hopes and dreams and drives. And and when we walk through this life, we can go to church on Sunday morning. We can do Bible studies. We can get as much knowledge as we can. But until our heart lines up with his heart, we're going to miss some things that God always intended for us. And uh, the older I get, I just don't want to miss that. Yeah, right. It's all about him. Yeah. Well, Mike, yeah. anything in closing uh, that you would like to share, maybe that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already? 
Well, boy, I mean, if I got the next five hours, I could probably share a lot. <laughs> we'll have you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to just encourage people. Like, we, we're living in this crazy time right now, and it's easy to wring our hands and throw up our hands and say, you know, society's bad, culture's bad, government's bad, and, you know, we can grumble. Or we can open up our eyes and realize that the harvest is ripe. I feel like we got great opportunities not only as individuals, but churches to go out and make a real difference in our culture. And, uh, and so I just encourage people like, again, stay connected to Jesus Christ. Apart from him, we can't do a single thing. But uh, if we stay connected with him and with each other, I feel like we're living in a day where God could do some really neat things in our midst. And again, I don't want to miss it. You know, just in closing, a picture came to my mind, and I've shared it here before, but a few years ago, my husband and I drove out to Wisconsin, and of course, we went through cornfields. It was ripe grain. You know, the harvest was ripe for hundreds of miles through Ohio and out um, through Indiana and towards Wisconsin, and I wanted to take pictures of it, and I was driving on the way out, and I thought, oh, on the way back, I'll get pictures of it, and we drove back through that coming home, and it was dark. And you couldn't see anything, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the Lord spoke to me that just because it's dark does not mean the harvest isn't there. Yeah. Uh, The harvest is ripe. And he is asking for workers. We know that we are not the Lord of the harvest, but he sends us out to be available in this world where people are hurting and broken and to be available and to be present. Um, Yeah. Although it's dark, I believe that a great light um, is going to shine. <laughs> yeah, Many no doubt. Me, Lord. And so thank you yeah. for how you are leaning in and not staying in, in maybe the normal routines that we could find ourselves in, in a calling. Um, but you are really seeking the Lord and seeking to where you're best fit to engage the world and to encourage those who are called to minister. So um, yeah, we'll have to... That. We will have to have you back maybe and talk about that ministry um, one day. But uh, for now, thank you so much. Hey, appreciate you too. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike, uh, thank you for joining us today. It's been great to have you. And I pray a blessing over you and your family and over your ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as we've talked to Mike Kramer today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates in the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.